Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen, or young adult. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of young professional actor, singer, dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solek, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage, in films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my courses, programs, my free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.com or lbctalent.thinkific.com. My guest today is Karate Jinakuwapat. Hi, Karate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm thrilled to have you here. I think that your story is going to be incredible for our listeners um, who are, you know, parents of young people who possibly have kind of the the talent and the passion and the drive and the dream to do what you've done, um, whether that's to be a professional performer or to go into the choreographic world, which is tricky. You know, there's no there's no real written plan for how to do that. So my hope is that in you sharing your story, your journey is going to help, you know, them to kind of see what they might be able to do as well. So um, I always ask everyone at the beginning, start at the beginning, like when did you know that you had this ability to create art in the form of dance? Were you really, really young? Were you like a toddler? Were you, did your parents <laughs> you at a young age? Like when did it start? That's a great question. Thank you for the warm welcome as well. I'm happy to be here. Um, hmm. I don't know. I feel like I remember from a young age, just wanting to having a lot of energy I still think I have a good amount of energy but channeling it in a way I always lean more in an artistic way I don't know I remember my mom put me in dance classes when I was little which she said was to help me have good posture which I'm not doing a great job of right now but um yeah and I also uh there are a lot of activities around I had the privilege of being able to do like rhythmic gymnastics and figure skating so I was always uh, luckily pretty active and yeah, I enjoyed training and the discipline and the learning of it all just, yeah, as a craft. So just looking for the one that was a fit for me, you know? Right. How old were you when you started training? Huh? Well, I feel like I, I say I started moving when I was three, when I started training and dance specifically, maybe like seven, eight, like really start getting to, to the bar with maybe ballet and stuff. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. And you, and you said, you mentioned rhythmic gymnastics. It's funny mm -hmm. that many professionals that I have met along the way, which I'm older, so that, that those are many, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they kind of had other little avenues that they took along the way that kind of helped to frame and form their capabilities later on, you know, as professionals. So how did the gymnast the gymnastics help you? Yeah, totally. Um, I think it goes back to the idea of like training and discipline and uh, really starting that at a young age. And luckily, I don't know, stretching and moving my body in ways too and learning about my body, you know. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I would say with something like rhythmic gymnastics or skating, they were generally more individual sports. Mm -hmm. So I think that was something that was clear to me when I saw dance that there was like, not the... Uh, 
I don't know, there's community everywhere, but it just felt clear that I wanted to be in like a company setting or work with people more interactively, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I totally get that. I get that. I did a lot of, a lot of performance time in my youth I did as a soloist and it mm -hmm. definitely can be a little bit lonely sometimes in that space, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's focused and certainly there's a lot to learn in that kind of way, but it definitely is a little bit more fun when you're with large groups of people and getting to kind of collaborate and share. So that's that's very cool. Did you do any competitive dance? I know a lot of people come out of that world. Were you a concert dancer? Was it all technical? What was the training early on? Um, it was just very much like a, a studio training. Like I didn't even go to like oh, an okay. arts high school or anything. So I just like went to high school and then took classes. Um, afterwards and sometimes on the weekends and they had like a studio company uh my school was in Evanston uh Illinois I grew up in like the suburbs of Chicago um yeah so I think that's really when it started to be clear to me the kind of like studio company that was there getting to I don't know uh, audition get cast put in different pieces everyone having their own role and stuff and learning and putting a show together and performing was all exciting to me so Obviously, your parents were supportive mm -hmm. in, in allowing you to do all of this. Did they think in those moments that you were going to do this as a career? Did they have any um, influence on you in that regard? Um, I would say absolutely. Just hearing uh, your purpose of the podcast, you know, that these are mainly going to parents, you know, and how to support. And I definitely could not do any of this without them. Oh, I could get emotional right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But... I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So were yeah. they seeking out opportunity for you or were they just saying yes to things that were kind of falling at your feet? I would say, uh, I think my mom or some, my dad was just always supportive and really just wanting me to be happy. And, you know, they were always working so hard to support. And my mom, I think, scouted more opportunities. Like I grew up in Chicago. So like there's a Joffrey Nutcracker and I grew up, it's funny because we're all grown up now, but I had friends who were choreographing and dancing and we did like Joffrey Nutcracker together as children, like a little gingerbread man or like dolls or soldiers, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. funny. So things like that, that seemed like, you know, just kind of like little like performances or projects as children, but, you know, they all matter and add up and like, mm -hmm. you know, getting to see per being close to professional dancers in that way. And um, yeah, my mom was always looking at like, supporting me in summer intensive training and all that stuff and looking and taking me to auditions and all the things. So, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing because I think there are some parents that just kind of float along the way and like whatever happens to come their way and others that are actually will actually seek out opportunity for their children. And I think it's important that she allowed you to audition, allowed you to do these things, because obviously it's going to take a lot more effort and time on her part because the rehearsal process and everything else that goes along with that and yes you get the gravy of like my daughter's on stage this is wonderful <laughs> but you know there's all that the process the work that goes into it ahead of time so that's pretty totally. awesome yeah I would say they're amazing like my mom even when I did uh, rhythmic gymnastics or was at dance I remember all my friends thinking she was so nice. I mean, she they loved her. She's so nice and chill. But sometimes she would just play like a little video game while she would wait for me or just watch. And even my dad, the sometimes when they would switch off, uh, they both work at a restaurant, a Thai restaurant in Chicago. Um, I remember really early memories of him helping me put my hair into a bun, you know, when really? I was so little. 
Yeah, and you know, all the moms love that because they're like, oh, he knows how to do it, you know? So, That's yeah. cool. Yeah, they're <laughs> right, super all... supportive. <laughs> so the message is all those dads out there, learn how to put a put a bun in your daughter's hair. I love, I love <laughs> yeah. that, I love that. Gender you know doesn't what? matter. It needs to go up, you know? Yeah, so. <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting too that you say that now your friends that you danced with when you were in the Nutcracker as a child are now working professionally as well. And you're kind of in those same circles. It's so true that kind of talent finds talent, you know, and, and it moves together. And, and I'm, as I said, I'm older and my life has touched so many different aspects of the industry. And you kind of see these groups of people that are passionate about certain levels of the performing arts industry kind of move together through the, their careers. And it's, it's pretty cool to kind of watch that happen, especially when you started as a young person kind of falling in love with it. And again, another good point is that your parents allowed you to mix with other professionals. So you saw where you needed to go, you know? Yeah, totally. Or what could be possible or, you know, what it could look like or feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. it was important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that helped your work ethic and your effort that you put in as a child? Uh, Totally. I think when you see, I don't know, any type of professional in any craft or whatever you're studying is inspiring. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, like you get paid to do this, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's always even just a great feel, you know, like, and I know it's called making it happen and we make it happen in so many different ways, but you know, it's just to like knowing how much my parents spent on, you know, training and all that stuff and knowing that I can make money doing it now is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally. In the simplest way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Talk to me about the college experience. Did you end up choosing to go to a specific school for a specific reason? Like, how did that process happen for you? Were your parents supportive in that regard? Did they want you to do something academic in addition, just in case, kind of the fallback on kind of degree or like, what was that whole experience like for you from when you were planning in high school through to the decision-making process and where you landed? Totally. Um, I maybe applied to like four colleges and with the dance program, um, it was always going to be with dance. And I feel like I even entertained the idea shortly for maybe just like apprenticing somewhere Mm -hmm. with a more, I grew up with maybe a little more ballet training. So like a ballet, contemporary ballet, like apprenticeship possibly. Um, But I think my dad was like, you should probably go to like, you know, he's like experiences, life experience. And Mm -hmm. I was leaning towards that way anyways, but it was helpful to hear him just say that, you know, just how important life experience is. Uh, So I got into SUNY Purchase, which was one of my first choices. Uh, And I feel like that was solidified when I went to visit my friend Nicole there. Um, She was just like a year above me. And I stayed with her. And I would say that totally helped me make that decision because I got to see like a senior project weekend, the performances, I got to stay and see like a party after, you know, just kind of get a real experience of it. Because otherwise, I feel like it's a hard sell, like, you know, <laughs> like the dancing uh, conservatory is great, but you know, they're like this for a campus isn't the best, maybe, but it was my favorite experience for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy I went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, were you offered apprenticeships and you had to make that decision or you were thinking about like applying for them? Um, I was thinking of maybe, you know, trying and auditioning. And I also had a teacher who uh, was maybe interested in like having me on as an apprentice. I was kind of apprenticing anyways. It was like a 
more contemporary ballet company mm-hmm. around my studio. Mm-hmm. So at SUNY Purchase, like talk a little bit about their program and what they had to offer you in regard mm-hmm. to the program, um, the choreography piece, you know, obviously there's the technique piece, but the choreography piece of it, because not all the schools support that. So were you in a specific major? Can you talk about that school in particular and your experience there? Totally. Um, so I did a BFA in dance. Um and it's more of a conservatory style. I stayed there all four years. Um, had ballet training, modern training, which were mostly uh, Graham and Cunningham techniques for the most part. There was some um, ballet partnering, modern partnering. I know that there's things might have changed too since I've been there. It's been a little bit, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they used to have a ballet con uh, concentration, composition concentration for choreography, which I actually didn't do. Really. Um, yeah, so I feel like some people might have assumed that or thought that, um, but it's nice to see. I actually just made a senior solo for a wonderful uh, young woman there, and it's nice to see that so many people are doing composition con- uh, concentration there, so that was exciting to see. When I started, they would do Nutcracker in the fall and then like a spring concert, but now they do like more so a fall and spring concert and bring guest choreographers, outside choreographers. And I actually went back to as a guest choreographer in 2018, so a couple of years after I graduated. But I think the biggest draw to me at Purchase, and also in hindsight too, is um, the emphasis on individuality. I feel like everyone is super supported to do their own thing there. Or just, I don't know, that's, I feel like I was really, that sounds cliche, but like finding myself that's super supported in the mm-hmm. individual that I was, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't trying to make me something else that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I know? love that. So, yeah. Yeah. I felt I super that. seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think programs need to do that because for them to just kind of create someone who's a clone of themselves is not working. I mean, this is mm-hmm. an art form, right? They need to give you the tools necessary, but they should be open to any style that anyone wants to kind of explore, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Did they connect you to the professional industry through their programs, their master classes? Like, was there a networking piece that they initiated? I guess in my particular instance, I did get connected to Kyle uh, Abraham there, which is where I work now. Um, but I would say generally, they have a lot of master classes or guest teachers uh, that come in on like Fridays or certain days of the week. So that's opportunity there too. Um, I met Kyle. I think he subbed or did a master class. I think he actually subbed a class uh, that I took my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he set a piece that he created my senior year and I was casted in it. Um, so that's uh, kind of my first like experience in doing some of his work. So mm-hmm. and then some months after started apprenticing with him at the end of the year. So super cool. And did he invite you to apprentice or was it something that you reached out to him to do? Like, what's the protocol in that world? Um, I think it really depends on the time, what the company's looking for. But at the time, the company was looking for an apprentice swing type. Uh, so they invited a few dancers just to come in to rehearsal and in the space. Mm-hmm. And I just ended up staying. So yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it happens. I'm finding out, you know, just from, of course, you know, years ago, I, I knew a lot of people that went into the concert dance world as well. And um, yeah, it seems to be that that's kind of how it goes, you know know for a lot of people how many dancers are in the company there I think we are at full-time 10 dancers I Mm -hmm. believe Mm -hmm. Uh, and when I first joined uh, it was seven full-time so it's nice to see the growth and expansion Mm -hmm. in the company Mm -hmm. so yeah it's Mm -hmm. really cool to witness 
Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the company a little bit and give people a little bit of a background about that company and, you know, the type of performances do they do or what Mm -hmm. kind of performances do they do and where do the performances occur? What types of theaters do they travel? All of that, just to kind of give people an overview. Okay, let's see what I can cover. So (laughs) aimed by Kyle Abraham. Uh, Kyle Abraham is our artistic director, choreographer. We work with him a lot uh, directly, support his work, but he also supports us as artists as well and brings a lot of uh, recently, I think since 2018, some guest choreographers in. We've had Doug Rome, B.B. Miller, Andrea Miller, Trisha Brown, myself as well, and so on and so on. So that's been really cool to expand in that way. We are employed 52 weeks of the year. Okay. Yeah, with insurance health benefits. So I feel like that's worth saying for sure. Yes, this is what, absolutely. This is what people need to know. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that that exists and has been available to me, you know, I'm sure my parents, you know, my parents are really happy about that. I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. But also in short, it's just also human needs too, you know, but as a dancer and artist, that's always great. Yeah. And uh, we do a lot of touring uh, throughout the year, domestic, but also international as well. We just had our summer tour in Germany for a little bit. So that was really great. That's cool. So you're getting to see the world doing what mm-hmm. you love and getting paid for it and Absolutely. benefits and everything. I don't think that the average person, the average parent understands that this is an opportunity. They they also, I think, look at it as a lot of them have a really hard time determining readiness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, is their child good enough? Is their teen good mm-hmm. enough? Is this something that's really feasible? So that's something that certainly, I, I would think they would have to look for people who are professionals in the industry to assess that. That's what I usually, you know, right. suggest that they do. I don't know. Do you agree there that that would be important or should <laughs> on the other side of it too, you could have someone going in eh, no, they're not good enough, but the following year they blossom and become amazing and could certainly be working professionally. So you kind of don't know. Yeah. Ready, readiness is an interesting thing. It actually made me think of a quote that my dad says, or that just has stuck with me. And it was like, he's like, if you wait until you're ready, you'll never be ready too. So it's like trusting yourself enough, which is something that I'm constantly working on. Um, And just staying ready, you know, doing my best and putting my best foot forward to just be ready for whatever comes my way. You have to live outside of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, and be your confident best self in those moments as best as you can to open the doors that you want to open, you know, you know, for right. sure. Take it till you make it. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I tell so many of my clients that, you know, just make it work, make it work. Let's talk about this first. <laughs> I just watched Big Rings. So impressed. I I have to share, I, I have to come see your work. I'm going to come to a show because it, the athleticism. Oh my goodness. You know, which is the, which is the thing too. I mean, I get it. Like I've interviewed um, Jake Vincent from Paul Taylor and I've seen them perform many times. I've gone to a lot of concert dance in my days. I know that there's a lot of athleticism, but there's this cool edginess to your, to your choreo that is just so interesting. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So this is your work, Big Rings. Mm-hmm. And just talk to me about your process a little bit. First of all, being also a dancer at AIM, I think AIM is just like a superstar team, superstar company. You know, everyone's so incredible, talented, loving, caring, you know, and it's like, 
don't know. It's like if you, when you watch sports documentaries, you know, it has that triumph, that struggle, like all those things. I would say this piece is on the shorter end. So you mostly see like, you know, the build up to the triumph kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those different types of emotions uh, that a team goes through is just what I wanted to display in a sense, a nice sense of camaraderie, which I feel like exists here. So it's true and honest to us and also celebrating us at the same time. And also, um, you know, sports, especially in America, well, not America, all over. <laughs> that was a great part. Um, there's such hype and support around it and even financially too, you know, and this premiered at the Joyce Theater in 2019. And I kind of just wanted to bring the house down, you know, I feel like the audience could react or like cheer them on. So, yeah, I love that. So they have it's it's a sport kind of look in the in the wardrobe costuming you chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the costume design is uh, by Karen Young, who's amazing. She does a lot of stuff for Kyle as well. It starts with like the sweatsuits. And I love the first shot that you saw was their names in the back and I love yes. the personal detail for that oh that's like Johnson or like God you know like oh like I know you know because in a dancer do you know them it's just like yeah you should see them as their individual and they should be celebrated you know at least that's how I feel yeah, yeah. so the sweatsuits were kind of fun because you know just like kind of warm-ups and it kind of um, when the piece starts it's like an extension of the pre-show playlist that Kyle usually has going on so you know um, that's something too when you're watching a game or something it's nice to see athletes dancers artists in their zone you know just being yes. themselves yes. at a more personal level or seeing yes, how they absolutely. Warm up. yeah so that's kind of how the piece starts and then also the second half the costume was originally supposed to be a little different but those white jerseys that they have on was actually intentionally a cast gift for them so there's like nicknames for them on the back and their same number so it's even more personal that it's on stage now where they, we ended up going with it. So it was just the better choice. I just love that. Like as soon as I opened it up and I saw the names on the back right away, I thought, yeah, this is somebody who cares about every dancer. It's not just about you. Like just the whole idea that you came up with that theme, the whole thing is just incredible. The movement's incredible. I think it just speaks to my love and appreciation for AIM, you know, because I couldn't be me without them. Let's get to the dance magazine. What the heck? So you you were listed in 2021 as one of the 25 choreographers to watch. How did that happen? How did that come about? And how how was it to like actually be featured in dance magazine as such a young choreographer? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I remember getting emails like this, this is so awesome because you know I gr- have grown up. Um, reading it and seeing it every year and it's funny because I had an interview it's probably on YouTube or something for um the photo shoot cover I was telling them a story about how there was one Thai dancer um from a 25 to watch from I think 2008 maybe and I I still have it right now like in my room so it has just stuck with me so it's just nice to be another Thai woman representing I don't know representing That's us very and cool. being seen yeah. that way. Yeah, so it was like yeah. full circle in that way. So it was really cool. Um, yeah, it was crazy. And I remember asking them because it was unclear. I was like, oh, is this like to watch like as a dancer, as a choreographer? And they're like, kind of both, kind of just you. And I really appreciated that because it's like, you know, I'm not just one thing. I'm a lot of things. It's just seeing me as karate, whatever, and all that I am as an artist, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Did you get to meet the other artists that were also named in that list or were you not able to meet them? Like, how did that work out? Well, I actually knew some of them from kind of like 
closer or far as some friends. So it was really cool really? to also share that experience. Yeah, to share that experience <laughs> with friends or like be in the same class, they call mm-hmm. it, of like 20, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, I would think that would lead to more work for you as well and more opportunity for you. Yeah, definitely. I would say there's uh, definitely more flare-ups since that release mm-hmm. came out, um, which I'm grateful for. So, mm-hmm. yeah. To benefit the listeners, talk about networking, how that's helped you, if you are good at it, if it was something you that was natural for you, maybe even a specific moment or story or something where you met someone and you had the opportunity to actually say what you wanted. Like, How has the networking piece been a big part of this for you? Or maybe it hasn't. That's a good question. That's always an important thing. I'm like, how actually do it? I usually just try to be myself. I don't know. I guess I don't really think about it that way. I guess like when I go to shows, I usually think of going to support my friends who are either dancing in the show or choreographing. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a kiki after like we're just hanging out, you know, like it's really just, I mean, my friends. I love Um, that. Yeah. But sometimes like um, maybe at galas sometimes Mm -hmm. like you know I'll meet or cross paths with people that I might not because it's beyond dancers too you know at that Mm -hmm. point or artists or maybe artists of different mediums or there's funders you know supporters and stuff so that kind of starts expanding a bit and also definitely the the touring you know meeting presenters and stuff and um, yeah just meeting people in different locations Mm -hmm. and places around Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. it's great yeah. yeah. And are there, can you talk about, I know with a lot of concert dance performances afterwards, they'll have, you know, like cocktails or they'll have something afterwards where everyone can get together and kind of meet the dancers. Can you talk about that a little bit for those who don't understand or know that? Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes when we're touring uh, opening night, they might do like a toast, you know, which is super kind of the presenters just to bring us in. And yeah, we'll just mingle a bit, like, you know, meet people, talk to people. I would also say, um, a lot of, uh, I guess maybe this is on the other end since I'm on the other end of it now, networking, but like summer intensive programs. Like I've met so many great like students and people like on that end too that come through. So yeah, I think it's great networking on both ends, you know? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, yeah. So let's go back and let's talk about New York City Ballet. <laughs> Tell us all about yes. it. Tell us how it ended up happening and coming about and what the experience was like from the beginning through to the performance. Okay, so um, I remember Wendy Whelan had called me. Um, I think it was like the end of 2021. I was on tour with my roommate and my best friend CJ. And um, yeah, she had just asked me to make a piece. And I, I just remember being like, to be clear, you're asking me to make a piece on your tour. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, so we had like, uh, just talked about what that could be and dates in the future. And before then I was also scheduled to do, um, New York Choreographic Institute, which is, um, kind of in like their ecosystem, I would say, uh, New York Choreographic Institute is led by, uh, Adrian Clay, uh, one of their dancers amongst many other people coordinating it and gave us access to work with uh, SAB dancers or like apprentice dancers, you know, anyone who had time or volunteered to do that, which is great. Got to create and make a piece, add a film out of it. And then uh, they also invited me to do another session in the summer of 2022, which served as like time to start brainstorming and creating for the commission that would premiere in 2023 of February. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. So is it part of their rep at this point? Um, I'm not sure, actually, I haven't been 
don't know. Like, I feel like the premiere was a whirlwind in itself. And then I went back on tour. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm still processing that experience and opportunity, I think, and probably will for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I hope it does come back. Uh, I'll maybe reach out to Wendy about it and see. Mm-hmm. And then I can let you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So mm-hmm. how was opening night when your uh, piece was first performed? Like, give us mm-hmm. a sense of what that felt like. Uh, oh, I could run it back to there's like a kind of like a pre-show cocktail um, kind of thing that we were talking about before mm-hmm. the premiere. Mm-hmm. And that was super special to me for so many reasons. Uh, my parents and my family, my grandma were there. So many of my friends and colleagues, artists, like, rolled through to support, which was amazing. And we were in the patrons lounge, and it was super cool because, um, yeah, it was filled with so many people of color, too, you know, in a space that usually isn't. So I was really, I don't know, grateful to be a part of that in a way or help facilitate. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was just great to feel so supported. Um, I remember they asked me to make a little speech and a toast, and I definitely cried. I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah yeah and I pulled be, it together so yeah I was just so grateful and thankful yeah so. to be a choreographer so young and doing this and getting all this opportunity and acclaim it can be emotionally overwhelming and in that moment I could imagine it must have been really something else like you want to take it all in you want to not you want to pay attention to the moment but it can be a, a lot especially I mean this has happened fast we're talking yeah. <laughs> 2019 till now. And of course the pandemic was in there. What was your experience there? Not that I want to spend a lot of time on it, but what happened? No, like, totally. Were you still working? Like so many people, everything kind of came to a screeching halt. People were still trying to work, work their art in some way. How was that for you? That's a great question. Um, before I answer that, I also want to say that I'm grateful for opportunities to speak like this, even though I'm, to be honest, naturally hesitant or like, oh my gosh, an interview, but it's so great because it allows me to like reflect and decompress on things. Cause you're right. A lot of things have happened. So I'm just grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic, uh, I was, uh, Ansel uh, dancing with Kyle. We were doing a lot of so many zoom meetings, um, mm-hmm. And it was fun because we were working on his piece in Untitled Love. So is as part of research, we were also watching a lot of movies, context, you know, things to just have conversations about that could maybe be applied through the work, mm-hmm. you know, classes on Zoom, whether it was teaching or taking. Yeah, it feels like a while ago now. But um, yeah, I feel like as an artist, that time uh, was beneficial to me in a way. I was happy and grateful and privileged to have been safe you know and people around me were generally safe around that time um but that kind of quiet quiet time was really important to me you know as an artist because yeah we all want to move authentically or you know be yourself those are like the cliche things we hear a lot but that takes a lot of just like we study our craft we have to study ourselves too you know and know what we want to put out there and especially like and where I am right now, things feel so exposed or I feel so exposed and vulnerable sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's also, I don't know, just reflecting on all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Because I think you have to be introspective because you don't want to be too commercial, right? You don't want to be copying others. You don't want to be, you know, it's kind of a tough thing. I think you do have to take the time to look inward and figure out who you want to be, what you want to put mm-hmm. out there. And many of my clients and many of my acquaintances and people that I've interviewed all kind of feel the same way. 
you know, especially mm -hmm. if they're on the artistic side. And there is a vulnerability when you are the choreographer. I mean, it's not just you out there dancing as a group member of someone else's piece and you're, the demand placed on the performer is, you know, A, B, and C based on the technique they have to present and the performance quality they have to present. But when you're the choreographer, the demand placed on you is just beyond, you know? And I think I think if you love what you do and you're passionate about what you do, you kind of live in that space and it's just who you are. But how do you feel about that? Is there a pressure for you or is it something that is just so natural? Uh, I think yes to everything, but um, yeah, there is like, especially for New York City Ballet, right? Um, being the first Asian American woman to choreograph for the company still seems like crazy to say, but yeah, there's definitely pressure that comes with it. Maybe it was pressure mostly put on by myself, you know, which I just try to remove sometimes, but yeah, it, it, it felt like a lot at a time at the time, but basically wanting to, and thinking of like what I'm creating now to just making something that I want to see or that I'm proud of or something. Yeah, that's the thing to being a choreographer is so exposing and vulnerable because all my ideas are out there. All the things that I'm trying to process, maybe emotionally, intelligently, mm -hmm. are <laughs> like thrown up onto mm -hmm. the studio. So yeah. that's how it feels yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Or like it's I'm, so I'm seeing different parts of myself, which is cool, but it's also like now everybody's seeing me yeah. too. Whether they, I mean, yeah, maybe it's not as clear to them, but it's still mm -hmm. so. Yeah. yeah, it's such an experience. Yeah, yeah, it's like you you do, like just what you said, it, it, you have to wear your heart on your sleeve and everything who you are and what you represent and how you feel mm -hmm. about things in that moment. It, it's it's insane. Do you collaborate with others? Do you ever do collaborations with other choreographers or do you like to work by yourself? Yeah. That would be cool, but I feel like I'm mostly outside of maybe like musical like collaborations, uh, dance and choreography wise, I mostly work alone. I haven't even really had assistance yet. So I've just been me by myself, but I kind of like it that way. Right I now. love okay. that. All right. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it, you can definitely be true to yourself and there's no uh, outside influence if you choose to do that, which is probably smart at your age, you know what I mean? And in the process and where you are right now, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's kind of what I tried to do with city, uh, New York City Ballet, too. And it's like, usually a lot of times, you know, I'll ask for feedback and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that one, I was kind of, not that I'm ever scared to ask for help. It was just the thing of like, oh, you know, I want to just see what I like, I don't know, come up with on my own type thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. and just, I don't know, see what happens and know that even if it sucks, <laughs> it's on me, you know, like, you know, yeah, such a yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And to be true yeah. to yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Do you have an aspiration to have your own touring company at some point? Is that something that might be in your future? Or are you just kind of sitting in the choreographer space right now? Hmm. I think right now, that's a great question. I've actually had my friends ask me about like Broadway or like plays, music, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm so open to it. I was manifested that I would be happy, successful, prosperous, you know, whatever that means in a way, but not something so specific as that where I'm like, wow, you know, a lot of things could happen. You know, mm -hmm. I would don't ever want to limit myself. As for my own company, I've kind of been like, mm, not so much because I kind of like right now, at least having the duality of me dancing and performing mm -hmm. right now and also being a freelance choreographer. And also I like uh, going to new places and meeting new people, you know, and seeing how they work and function there, like mm -hmm. in different companies. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Very yeah. cool. 
At what point do you feel that you have found your signature style or have you as yet, or are you still developing that? Or is there a signature style? In watching that one piece, there is definitively a style there that is really cool and is completely set apart from others. But do you, did you have like a definitive moment when you were like, this is going to be me. This is what I'm going to do. This is the style I'm going to sit in. I think that is still being flushed out and through, but I'm really uh, glad that you see a clear style for it. Cause it's like, Oh, what would I describe? Like maybe athletic musical, but I like, I want to be so many things, you know, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to hear that. And also even like the piece of New York city ballet, um, nothing made me happier than to hear people or friends, colleagues, whatever, say that they could see me in the piece, you know, even though it's ballet dancers. And, mm-hmm. you know, although I do and love ballet, I don't just move in that way. So mm-hmm. it's nice to know that yeah. it still comes through, whatever mm-hmm. that style is. And that's mm-hmm. not going to be many things. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's all dependent on, you know, obviously the music that's chosen and the story that you're trying to tell. Maybe describe a little bit if your choreography sits in a space of like, are you trying to tell the story as a primary or are you more into the shapes that are being made or the athleticism? Like if you were to order those various aspects of your choreography, what's the most important or what do you think about as you're going through the process? Um, I would say firstly, nothing without intention. Intention is number one. Um, So yeah, it's like less story to me and more intention, like what I want to feel, maybe what I want to see sometimes. Um, but sometimes I feel like story comes along the way, you know, that's why I feel like when I just like, just keep going and throw up a lot of things in the space, I start to see my own, like me and um, Dan Scully, who did my lighting for Big Rings and for uh, Fortuitous Ash, mm-hmm. talk about how there's like our own secret story in it, you know, whether it might come off as abstract or not, or things can start to be clearer. Um, yeah, I would say that I would say musicality or music is super important to me. Like that drives a lot of kind of story sometimes, but also intention and feeling. And also uh, the people who are in the room, you know, like I can't not see them or even if we're messing around in the space, that's inspiration as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's magic what happens in the room with dancers <laughs> and choreographers. Like it's really this magic, out of body, spiritual kind of thing that happens when the choreography is coming to you as a choreographer and you are creating on them and they are participating and they are in the story for whatever that means to them in that moment. Are you following what I'm saying? I know I'm getting deep, but I also have done a lot of choreography myself. I feel like when that all is gelling and the dance is kind of, have you ever been in a space where you're choreographing and the dance is kind of writing itself because Mm -hmm. it's just meant to be and it's doing what it's supposed to do? What are your experiences with, with those kind of moments? Have you had them or, you know, is there, or, or is it more of like a, oh, I need to get this work done and it's a tension kind of a space for you? Or is it, has it gotten to that place where it's this magical kind of inspirational sharing? Uh, there's that's a great question there's so many parts to it I also think I feel like I always push and challenge myself to just keep going you know even if this feels weird just push through and see how far I can get with something but I would say a lot of it comes in like retrospect or hindsight and having maybe space away from the material that I just made I was like oh I almost see it a little more in hindsight sometimes or having space Mm -hmm. from it you know especially Mm -hmm. being so wrapped up in it it can be hard 
Yeah, because I think as choreographers, you kind of bounce back and forth between the pressure of what am I going to put there? What am I going to create here? What's going to really happen? And I found that you can't let your mind go into that space. Like you have to give it time. That's great advice, what you just said in regard to stepping away from it and being able mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of think through it and come up with other ideas. When is your best writing time? Do you find that you you pre-write and, and when it, do you do it at night? You know what I mean? Like after you just yeah. had ate ice cream, like, <laughs> do you know? Well, I feel like I usually joke around sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm not prepared. Like I have no idea what I'm going to do today. And that just is the energy I go in with sometimes. And it's like very present and being present is important too, yeah. you know, and seeing yeah. how we're all feeling today or, um, I don't know. I remember making something. I'm like, oh, I'm really loving these drop plays right now. Or my body just keeps wanting to do this. And yeah, <laughs> just throwing those in. That's and perfect. I, yeah. I would say um, I'll never know unless I try. That goes for anything. Like, you know, I'm not afraid to be seen trying, whether it's, I don't know, it's something while I'm dancing or even choreographing as well. Like, you know, I only know it's trash if I just see it. <laughs> you uh -huh, know? Uh -huh. And then I could decide after. And maybe it's not so bad. Where or who gave you the confidence to be like that in the room? Was there a teacher, a prior choreographer, your parents? Like, where did that come from? Because not everyone is that comfortable in that space. Well, I feel like naturally it has to come from my parents or my family or my blood first. You know, it's something innate. But also in terms of choreographing, I had uh, Doug Rohn at Purchase when I was there my senior year. And yeah, it's, it's just a thing of playing with instincts or knowing that there's already so much inside of us already, you know, and just letting it all out. If this is bad, it can just go away. That's fine. Or we can just try again or try something new, you know, just not being afraid to just play. Yeah. So um, it's getting late before we, I'm mm -hmm. going to ask you a couple of questions um, before sure. we wrap up really quick. Was there a time when you felt that there was a struggle? Was there ever a time where you questioned the path? Yeah. Oh, well, um, not question the path, but just like, I mean, everyone has those moments, you know, um, I feel like I had it a couple months ago, you know, especially like being between a dancer and choreographer. It's like, oh, am I still like, you know, good enough as a dancer, you know, but it's like, obviously like, yes, it's fine, you know, <laughs> but we all have moments of doubt. I would say, ah, there's a time I was an apprentice swing in the company for a while and I didn't know if I was going to get to stay in the company or, you know, or be hired full time. So having that doubt and, you know, knowing that this place is super special to me and, you know, luckily I got to stay and even luckier, I got to make a piece mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. for the company. So, you know, it's just incredible yeah, doing the best, but also, you know, finding the place that's right for you. Yeah. That's yeah. really good advice. That's really good mm -hmm. advice finding that place yeah. and being patient while you're looking. Yeah. And cause you know, rejections can feel like so many things, but sometimes it's just, you know, not the right place in time. So if someone wants to get in touch with you for possibly future choreography or work, or they just would like to reach out to you and mm -hmm. um, can you share your information if they want to find out more about you, if they want to follow your journey, maybe your socials, can you share how they would contact you? Yeah, totally. Uh, there's a few things. There's always Instagram, which seems to be the thing now. Um, my email is on there along with my website. So you can happily reach out to me. I love meeting new people. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And if they want to see your pieces or see you dance, um, mm -hmm. when and how could they find out that information? 
dance-wise, uh, you can go on the AIM website, and we usually have a touring performance schedule for that. Uh, for my pieces, I would say my website would have all the updates on... Uh, oh, and you said you wanted to see Big Rings next, and I think the next time we're doing that is in Canada in August. So okay. feel free to come through. I can uh, make sure I relay all the messages. Perfect. So any last thoughts that you have for a young dancer or young choreographer who is passionate about concert dance and choreography and wants to follow the same path. Any advice? Uh, just one? Hmm. I would say generally be kind to people you cross paths with. I feel like that goes without saying, but also be kind to yourself. Sometimes we're so tunnel vision, like go, 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 trying to get what we want, but you know, giving ourselves and people around us grace as well. So it's a long journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you are well on your way. Well on your way. I'm <laughs> very you. excited. I'm very excited for you. Thank you so much for being a guest yeah. today. Thank you. It was lovely talking to you. Appreciate it. If you'd like to follow Kirate to keep up with all that she is doing, follow her on Instagram at the Karate Kid and join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more information? Visit lbctalent.com or lbctalent.thegific.com and follow me on socials at lisasolak underscore lbctalent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.